When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. No messing about. We are straight in. Uh, I'm in new surroundings, so hopefully you can hear us and see us and everything's working okay. I'm joined by Sam. How are you, Sam? No, I'm all right, thank you. I'm very much pleased that you're back and hosting this stream and yep. that I don't have to host it again. <laughs> yeah, you had your first experience, didn't you, with, with Jani. Uh, mm. How would you say it went? Mi- mixed bag? It was, it was fun. Yeah. Um, there was some carnage. There was a lot of lagging. But there was also hopefully some good insight into the fixtures last week. Um, yeah, I, well, next time I've learned some valuable lessons next time that you leave. <laughs> yeah. I'll be fine. I mean, it was a big one, wasn't it? It was a big it was a big day with, with the fixtures being yeah. announced. It's 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 a, it's a slightly different staggered um, sort of approach to to FPL this season because we haven't had any price leaks yet. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know when the game's launching. We think it could be I mean, it could potentially be still the end of this week or it could more likely be next week we we don't really know but we're waiting for those leaks because we're all addicts um, desperate desperate yeah but what, what we have got this year and what the kind of purpose of this stream is is we've got lots of tools now which are predicting uh the, these these things we've got live fpl which we're going to be talking about which you can actually build a team on that now uh, and those tools are kind of improving each year uh so the point of this stream is we're going to go through some of the price predictions for some of the top players and we're going to look at uh, a survey that fancy up scout did which was asking people to kind of do their own predictions. Then we're going to look at live PL, which uses algorithms and other things. Ragabody's very clever uh, methods. Uh, quite a lot of, of similarity between them. So there is a kind of a, you know, quite a core pattern emerging for how much these players are going to be. So we're going to discuss them. We're going to discuss if we agree with those prices. Uh, we can discuss some player classifications as well uh, and whether we think they'll be making it into our teams. So let's go. Exciting. Exciting. Right, we'll start with Salah. Uh, live FPL have him at 13 million. Uh, the Fantasy Football Scout survey also have him at 13 million. I'd probably put him at 13 million. I don't think he's going to go down, is he? So No, I think he deserves to be tied highest starting player in the game ever. Um, he He's just Mr. Reliable, isn't he? And even, you know, I know the beginning of last season, he was outstanding. And then after the um, African Cup of Nations, we maybe didn't see the very best Salah that we saw earlier on in the season, but he was still regularly returning points. Mm. And I think, 
you know, when you've got somebody that's as highly consistent playing in a Liverpool team that you would expect are going to be challenging again for the title this season, they're worth that level of investment. I mean, like, I guess the question comes, do you... There's going to be savings you can make at Liverpool with other midfielders, I would have thought, because they're not going to price the likes of, of Diaz and, and Jota at the same price as Salah. Um, so then you'll have some big decisions to make. But for me... 13 million is about where he should be. It feels like, I mean, I'd love him to be priced at 11, but he's, not, he's, definitely, he's definitely not going to come. It's not going to happen. So. No. I mean, President Andy did a great video yesterday on, on fixture uh, fixture kind of blocks and, and swings and, and captains as well. And obviously the first five fixtures are the ones that are kind of almost the most important as, as, we, as we kick off the season. And I think we all know by now it's City and Liverpool who are at the top of that. Yeah. So, I mean, Liverpool starting the season with, with Fulham. I mean, Man City start with West Ham away. I mean, mm-hmm. Salah starting with a promoted side, it's going to be hard to ignore him, isn't it? Yeah, and the promoted sides have got a terrible record on the opening day of the season. So it's going to be very difficult to go into a season without Salah in your team. I think you're going to be, you're going to start the season already thinking, I wish I'd bought a big sofa to hide behind because yeah. this is going to be torturous. Um, and you don't want to be in a position where within the opening couple of weeks of the season, you've got to find a way to find 13 million to bring him in. That's that's the way I kind of see the opening teams. You have to go with players that, you know, if he doesn't start performing early on in the season, you can always downgrade him. That's a far easier process than mm. it is to try and find that additional money. So for me, with the fixtures the way that they are for Liverpool, with the way that he's been playing, not just last season, but consistently over the last few seasons... He will be probably the first player I'll pop in my team and I'll work out how I spread the budget around beyond him. Yeah, I think if the fixtures have been trickier, I think you could maybe get away with looking at some of the other players yeah. we're going to talk about, Diaz or Diaz or someone. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think we're going to... I, I don't think there's going to be many that are brave enough to go about <laughs> Salah captain. Uh, game no, one. No, no. Uh, let's talk about Haaland then. Haaland's next, uh, 12 million. That seems to be the consensus for him. Live FPL him at 12. Uh, the survey had him at 12. I mean, that's pri- very pricey for a player coming into the Premier League for the first time. I mean, obviously, everyone's yeah. expecting him to, to completely smash it. I can't remember there being a player coming in at 12 from a different league who's never played in the Prem before. So, it's the same price as Kane, for example, who gets, you know, 200 or close to 200 points every mm. every season. So, the expectation's 200 plus points for Haaland. Great fixtures, West Ham, Bournemouth, game week two. Are you gonna, you're not going to want to be out without Haaland for Bournemouth at home, are you, in game week two? Uh, Newcastle Palace and then Nottingham Forest. So two promoted teams in their first five. I can't I can't see any way we're gonna go without Haaland if he's fit. I mean the only way, yeah, I guess the only way that you could think about it is if you want to go with KDB instead. Like if you know, if you're worried about if in pre-season Pep doesn't play Haaland straight away, if he if he moves around with formations and structures and, and the way that the team is set up, then maybe there's a case for going KDB instead of him. Um, particularly if KDB is priced less than twelve, like mm. if it's a, there might be some some point five or, or one saving there, and if that's the case, then maybe you could make maybe you could make a case for going with with a midfielder instead of Haaland. But it with the fixtures the way that they are, and also when you compare the Man City fixtures to say Kane's fixtures in the opening few weeks with the exception of, of the opening day with Southampton, Kane's fixtures are much tougher than Haaland's over the opening few game weeks. So I think if you're looking for a premium striker, you probably are looking at Haaland over Kane in the mm. opening few few game weeks of the season. Yep. I mean, the other the other consideration is, of course, Son. 
So Son, live appeal at 11.5. So does the scout survey. So you see, what I mean, kind of link these 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 prices. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what kind of curveballs FPL throw in and see this. I guess the yeah, thing with Son is again is what is his classification going to be? Because is he going to come as a forward to rival Kane? I mean, surely that just completely eliminates Kane from the conversation completely. <laughs> but it's difficult though, isn't it? Because I I actually was thinking they probably that's probably the changes that they would make this year with you know making the likes of Salah and and Son forwards. But then FPL tweeted last week with the who was going to be your forwards in the get uh, your midfielders in the game and included Salah and, and Son in that tweet. So then you kind of go, well is that mm. is that an indication as to where they're going to be classified? Are they going to stay in midfield? Now if Son's staying in midfield, he's probably going to be that little bit cheaper than than Kane. That makes sense. Um but again, you know, you look he was what, seven points behind Salah last season? Mm. Not not a lot. Um, and so if you're if you're talking about two players that returned well over the course of last season and Suns returns pretty much, I mean, it was the back end of the season, wasn't it, where he just went absolutely insane and he was the perfect FPL asset to own under Conte. Going into the new season under Conte with Spurs looking like they're doing good business in the transfer window, then potentially he's going to be an option that you want to go with. I guess the question is, do you want to go with him regardless of the fixtures? Because the fixtures aren't perfect for Spurs. They're not exactly the, you know, the brilliant games that you would have you see for Liverpool, and Manchester City in these opening few weeks of the season. Um, that a cat? That's a cat. <laughs> you said I've forgotten to shut my door and it's just appeared. It's trying to climb on my lap at the moment. There he is. There is. Classic, <laughs> classic pets um, on stream. Yep. So Archie again. He was doing this yesterday in a Zoom call that we were on. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I think Son, if he comes in 11.5, which I think he should, I think he he's that he's that valuable player. And one of the things that you love to hate about FPL is that you, you're forced to make tough choices. You're not going to be able to build a team that has all of these players in it right from game mm. week one with 100 million. So you're going to have to make tough decisions and you're going to have to go without some players who you think are pretty much essential, particularly at the moment. So, yeah, Son at 11.5 feels like the right price point for him. I think I think fixtures are great for for Son. Uh, Southampton, okay, Chelsea away is, is tough in game week two, but Southampton at home, Wolves at home, Nottingham Forest, the, and then the West Ham. So with... three, three out of five good fixtures, I'd say. Yeah, but the problem I have with those is that those are the sort of fixtures where we mess up. That will go Spursy against Wolves because they they know how to def- they can defend well when they want to, and and they're the sort of team that that can put in a good defensive performance. The Chelsea game is tough to read. Um, Southampton on the opening day, I think, is a great is it a great is good, fixture. It? Yeah, it's a great fixture for both Sun and Kane. Um, and I think if you go Kane for the opening game week, which is kind of where I was thinking, if Kane and Haaland are priced at the same point, then I might go Kane for game week one and then switch to Haaland for game week two and beyond. Um, but, you know, with, with somebody like Sun, there's going to be choices to be made. I don't love the opening fixtures for Spurs. The later fixtures are better. Mm. Um, and I only say that because, I, you know, you're comparing them against, say, Liverpool or Manchester City because they're the price points for those players. So when you compare the fixtures that City have and Liverpool have with the ones that Spurs have, Spurs are a much more mixed bag to start the season. Whereas the other the others, you can literally just go, they're perfect and, and yeah. off we go. I think we're going to see that happening. I think we're going to see people go for Kane or Son and then switch to Haaland because City have yeah. got that West Ham away game. 
Um, and they're all going to be priced around the same. I mean, if Son was 10.5, for example, you might not want to keep that 1.5 in the bank because you want to use yeah. it. But when it's 0.5, you could you could maybe think about doing that. I hate yeah. banking transfers, though. But Southampton at home looks good. And it does. I think it's going to be very hard to fit in Salah, Son and Haaland and build a, a fairly decent team. Um, let's talk about a player that probably no one is going to go anywhere near, uh, which is Bruno Fernandes. Uh, we have a slight difference here. Live FPL have got him at 10.5. The scout survey has got him at 10. Uh, so that'd be what two million less than than he came in last season. Uh, season yeah. before that, don't forget he got sort of two hundred points. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible assets. Top scorer wasn't he? Top scorer started last season with a hat trick. Everyone thought he was going to kick on. Absolutely did not. Uh, United have got Brighton first game at home. Uh, then Brentford, then Liverpool, Southampton, Leicester. So Southampton, Brentford look good. Brighton could go either way. They've made no signings yet. Haven't strengthened at all. You're not going to pay ten point five for Bruno, are you? You're not, no. And, and and I think if he's priced at 10.5, he almost becomes a non-asset, which is a shame, really, because in seasons gone by, Bruno Fernandes has been fantastic. And I still look at that Manchester United team and think, if if they kick on this season, if there's a massive improvement under Ten Hag, which I think there will be, whether it happens straight away at the start of the season or whether it takes a while remains to be seen. And, and depending upon who they sign and how they strengthen, that will obviously have an impact. But... I think he's the best asset in, in that Manchester United team from an FPL perspective. He's the most consistent. He's the most likely to get regular game time and be in the right places to return points. So for me, he will be one that I will have in the, on the radar and I'll be watching him to see how do Manchester United get on in pre-season. When they start signing players, who is it that they're getting? Because they've released loads of players. Mm. Um, so they've, they've cleared the wage structure in terms of you know the bill that goes out every month. So they've got the budget. Um, to sign players so I'll be interested to see who they get and I'll be keeping an eye on him carefully to see how those opening few fixtures go but he certainly won't be in my game week one team it'll be I'm going to watch and see how you get on over the first or three or four game weeks of the season and then maybe look to to invest if Manchester United are the Manchester United of a couple of seasons ago where Bruno was excellent Mm. yeah and we're also waiting to see kind of how how Sancho kicks on under Ten Hag Mm -hmm. I mean Ronaldo uh, what price he comes in at uh, yeah, Van, and Van der Beek will be back as well um, from his loan. Yeah. So, and he's obviously worked with Ten Hag before, so it will be interesting to see how that sets up. And that's why I think pre-season is going to be quite interesting for us with Manchester United assets to watch and see how they get on. Yeah, they're 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 a hard avoid for me though. I mean, Bright, they are, uh, yeah. you know, they've got Brighton game week one. They're going to lose that, and then that's going to you know really set the <laughs> set the tone. Uh, Bye, Seagulls fan. Yep, just a bit. Uh, okay, Luis Diaz then. Uh, so he signed in January. He came in quite cheap he did he did okay he got a couple of goals a couple of assists always looked amazing but didn't really kind of you know not like Salah or Mane levels Mm -hmm. Um, expected he's going to have a big price hike uh, especially with Mane leaving he's going to play a lot more more games Live FPL have him at nine our survey has him at nine as well I like it I like him at nine I do too I think he and Jota will come in around the same price point Um, Mm. Jota well, we'll see, but I really like Luis Diaz. I think he is a, I, he's the player that I kind of feel got away at Spurs. Like I really wanted him. I was really excited about him when we were linked with him. And then obviously Liverpool came in and, and did what they do and attracted him and off he went. And I think he will be a fantastic asset. He might be the player that the conversation is between Salah and, because 
there will be a lot of players that, like in seasons gone by when there was a significant price difference between Salah and Mane, there was a conversation to be had as to whether you went with one over the other to save mm. budget. Last season, that conversation didn't really exist because Mane was priced too close to Salah. So you you weren't really saving enough money to, to go with Mane over exactly. him. And then you could double up with one of the cheaper options with the likes of Diaz or Jota if you wanted to. Well, this season, obviously, with Mane not not looking like he's going to be around, it's not official yet, but certainly looking like he's going that way, um, then you're going to have Salah probably in around the 13 million mark and then probably Diaz and Jota sitting at the kind of nine. Now, that's a significant gap. That's four million. That's almost a whole defender mm. that you can... And when you look at it that way, you then have to think about, well, what does that mean for the rest of my team? And is there an opportunity to save that four million? Now... I still see Jota and Diaz and to a certain extent the new guy up top Nunes as a nice to have alongside Salah rather than a replacement for. And so at 9 million, that's quite a difficult nice to have alongside because the defenders aren't, you know, Andy Robertson's not going to be nine. So I could save up by doubling up with him instead. So I think that could make them difficult owns if you want to go Salah as well. Yeah, I think we're going to see kind of Salah, Haaland, uh, and maybe uh, maybe looking at Diaz alongside, mm. or you're going to go Son, um, Diaz, and, and Haaland. I think Haaland is, is just going to be in, in pretty much everyone's team that we that we see. Could be the Werner though, couldn't he? Have a couple of seasons ago when everybody seemed to have Werner. Well, then... exactly, it could be. But like you like you said earlier, it's it's easier to jump off than it is to to jump on. Hundred percent. If he starts, I mean Kulusevski, we're, we're gonna we are going to talk about in a bit, but I mean he's. He's the other one as well that lets you because you you want to tap it if you want to tap into these three teams in in City, Liverpool, and Spurs. Yeah, there is a pool of players, and I like the fact that we haven't got. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know. They could price Diaz at eleven million, but I seriously doubt they're going to. Unlikely, because yeah, he, he hasn't hit the heights. But I think we're going to have options across all three of those sides in both the premium points. You know, City with Haaland, mid prices yeah. with with Foden probably again. Liverpool, yeah. you're going to have Salah, you're going to have Diaz, and then Spurs, you're going to have Son and Kulusevski. So I think. It's going to be really interesting. I think we are going to see differences in the way people build their teams around those that yeah. kind of core core six or seven players. Yeah, it'll be the frustrating ones, won't it? When you kind of a, <clears throat> you're going to have lots of drafts in this preseason where you go right. Here's my Haaland draft. Here's my Salah draft. Here's my Kane yeah. draft. Here's this one, and you're gonna no me. You just pick the one that you pick. You'll kind of then get through game week one and go. Oh, we should have picked. Yeah, Kulusevski gets draft. a hat trick, and you've you've gone for Son. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, always, always going to happen. Yep, always going to happen. Uh, Saka is next. So Love mm-hmm. FPL and Scout both got him at eight. He started at 6-5 uh, last season, had a great season. Yep. Uh, had had penalties for a bit, lost penalties. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Arsenal was signing um, some more, looks like they're signing some more kind of attacking players. Gabriel Jesus mm-hmm. might come in. Uh, they've signed this new guy from Porto. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of options. Smith Rowe, all, all of these, yep. and, and obviously Saka can, but Saka's the kind of the main guy he's the one that's going to play uh, the most sort of on the right the main attacking asset so he I think now he is just by far the one to go for um, if you're going to go for an Arsenal uh, player fixtures are okay start with Palace away not easy Leicester at home uh, but then they play Bournemouth and Fulham so two promoted teams in a row uh, and then Villa at home so not a bad not a bad one I think they are top of the fixture ticker on scout um, mm. would you go near Saka at eight because FC yeah. could be there as well. Like we it's interesting, Diaz. isn't it? Mm. Because the that that middle price point. So last year, these were all players that were priced kind of in the six, 
six and a half, seven, seven and a half bracket. And that made selecting them really easy because you also had a load of really nice budget enablers by the end of the season in the likes of, you know, um, Jacob Ramsey and, and Anthony Gordon and players that you could kind of bring in in that fifth midfielder spot, free up the budget. And then you could go, you could go to these guys easily and, you know, you could have Kulusevski and Saka. This season, if they price in at where we're all kind of anticipating they will, you're again, probably having to make choices. Now, the question is, do you want to invest in the Spurs attack or the Arsenal attack? Now, as they stand right now at this minute, you'd be investing in the Spurs attack with Son and Kane and Kulisevsky. If Arsenal sign Jesus or a really good forward, that flips the conversation again, because then Saka's... Uh, the players around him become so much better. His opportunities for assists and goals and whether he stays on penalties and all of that kind of stuff also then changes. So I really like Saka. If I'm investing in Arsenal, it will be him. Unless Jesus arrives and he's nicely priced at a, a price point that is kind of mm. significantly under the, the top forwards in the game, which it should be, because he didn't exactly have the best season last year. So I would be expecting that price to come down um, or at least stay where it was. If he arrives at that sort of price, then that opens up that conversation. But Saka is my preferred at Arsenal for sure. It's just going to be whether you can budget for yeah. a couple in that price point. Yeah, and I think that's why getting a kind of an eight million player is going to be key for that structure to be able to move across these these different players. I think, I think with, with Foden, Kuzevski, and, and Saka all likely to come in around eight eight five, that's going to be a spot in which we can sort of tweak as the as the season goes. But I agree. Starting, I I think Arsenal are going to be a wait and see for me personally. Yeah, and if they do their business late, then, you know, it's, it's fine, isn't it? If they do, Arteta's worked with Jesus before, I would expect that if he does arrive, then that would be a good and easy partnership that will kind of set in. But you do want these players to arrive as early on in the window as possible so they get the whole pre-season with their, their new teams and they know what they're doing. And you can see them in the pre-season fixtures. Um, with Arsenal, it just, it, it's all a bit slow. <laughs> So a bit like Man United, it's a bit slow in the transfer window at the moment. They seem to be starting to pick up. We've got the new guy yesterday. Um, so, yeah, let's let's keep an eye on them. They're a team I'm definitely watching in pre-season because I did really enjoy... Ugh, I hate saying that. Really enjoy owning Saka last season. Like, Ooh, he was yes. a great asset. Uh, it's painful, that is. Um, but he was a really good asset to own last year, and I don't think that will change this year. I think he'll continue to be. It's just going to be price point choices, I guess. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at another 8 million asset, my boy, James Madison. Uh, I'm talking about like he is going to be 8 million, but I think that's probably going to be a fair price for him. Live FPL have him at 8, our survey has him at 8 as well. I think there's a chance he comes in at 7.5. He was 7 million mm. at, at the start of last season. Obviously, he had a really good season. I think they probably bump him up to, to 8. So that, that seems to be the concern. I wouldn't be too surprised if he came in a little bit lower. Uh, but Leicester are an interesting team, right? Because they didn't perform last season. They got their full team back towards the end of last season, did really well, got some big wins, you know, four or five goals and some of those. Mm. Vardy's getting on a bit now. It, it, we're going to be looking at the likes of Barnes and, and Madison. Uh, mm. I like it. I, I think Madison could be a could be a strong pick. Yeah, he will be another one that if, if he comes in around the, the eight bracket, might get overlooked because you're probably going to want Kulisewski or, or Saka in place mm. of him but if he comes in at 7.5 I think that conversation is very different because at 7.5 I think he looks like a great option he's probably still a great option at eight to be honest but I think if he's priced at 7.5 more more managers will will go there 
because they'll look at him and go, well, that's a 0.5 saving over these other guys. I could have probably him alongside one of them if I structure my yeah. team with a with a strong midfield. Um, so, yeah, I, I I really like Madison. I think you're right. Everything you said about Leicester, I think he's right. I think they he will be one of their key. I mean, he, he was this season, but he will continue to be their key asset, really. Over the next year, obviously, there's um, no European stuff for them this year. So that will have a, a bit of an impact as well in terms of minutes and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, for me, Madison looks like a good option, but I'm hoping he's a, a 7, a 7.5, yeah. really. Fixtures aren't amazing. I mean, they've got, they got Brentford uh, and Southampton, uh, game week one and three. Arsenal away, game week two. Chelsea away, game week four. United in game week five. But again, I mean, we didn't really have... It, last season, it was so... It was either the 6.5 and unders or it was yeah. the kind of premiums. The, these, yeah. I think this season, we are now going to start seeing these kind of mid, mid-er price players really coming into it. And there's, mm-hmm. like we're showing here, there's a there's a big pool of them. Another one, another one to come. But in defence, are we going to see Trent be 8 million this season? It looks like it. Live FPL thinks so. Our survey says 8 million. Two... I don't see how they can price him at 7.5 again after he's had another season of, of, of returning the way he has. He's, he's going to get another price hike, isn't he? I was astounded that he wasn't eight at the start of last season. I mm. remember he was the first player that I looked for when I was building my team and was like, right, Trent, 7.5? Like, that feels like a bargain for Trent. Like, I remember saying to Lee, like, I, I feel like I've stolen him at 7.5. Mm. And, and that's a ridiculous thing to say by the way, because he's the most expensive defender in the game. And yet I'm saying I think he's a bargain. I cannot see how he's anything other than eight. He's going to return at a similar level in terms of attacking returns um, to what we've seen over the last few seasons from him. Obviously, he has the defensive stats alongside that. Liverpool defensively are really solid usually. So we're going to get clean sheets out of him. If you get clean sheets and attacking returns, there's going to be some bonus points out of him. He's going to return a similar number of points this season as he has in the previous seasons, I would expect. And therefore he rivals the likes of Saka and Kulisevsky in the game in terms of the points returns that he can get. Now, regardless of whether you're a midfielder or a defender, if you can return that level of points in the game, that's the price point that you should be priced at. Mm. A lot of people in the chat saying they think 8.5 for Trent. Could be. It wouldn't surprise me to see him take a really big price drop. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. He, I mean, re- the reality is, you, you've got to make choices between those mid-priced midfielders that we've just been talking about and the premium defenders, and that's how it should be. You shouldn't be kind of thinking, oh well, I can save money by having Trent. Like he shouldn't be a an option to save money and get an attacking player. He should be priced at the same price as as the other attacking players in the game because that's what he is. So, and I think you know Andy Robertson's going to have to take a price jump as well this season because he had a good one last time all right not as good as Trent's but by the back end of the season he was fantastic so if you want to put him up in price as well you've you've got to think about where you're putting Trent yeah I think uh, you know if they make Trent 8-5 and they make Robertson and Cancelo 7 yeah I think that, then there's a decision to be made but I think Trent at 8 is I, I just can't see how you can go without him with, with the fixtures that Liverpool have got no you won't. And, and I think you're right. It, it depends on what, what FPL want to do, doesn't it? Because at 8.5, <clears throat> if Robertson is 7 and Cancelo is 7, then I'll then my immediate gut is, right, well, we'll go without Trent and we go Robertson and Cancelo. But if he's 8, then I'll go with Cancelo and Trent and I'll yeah. save some budget from somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, look look at Trent compared to the other the other players that we mentioned. You know, Madison, Saka, Kulazewski. Mm-hmm. 
we'll talk about Bowen in a second as well. These are all these kind of 8 million players I'm saying are, are going to be great. But if you're picking one in a draft out of all of those, you're going Trent first. Oh, yeah, for, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because he's your premium defender, right? And he's yeah. the one, you know, we, we just talked about price points at the beginning and how you, you might go Kane to start the season knowing you can replace with Harlan or you might go, um, you know, for a different premium midfielder knowing that you can come down easily. For me, that's exactly the thing that I would want to do with the defenders as well. Because if I invest in Trent, then I can go anywhere from him in terms of defenders if he's performing badly. But if I don't, if I go with Robertson instead and Trent's 1.5 million more, getting there is going to be difficult Mm. because you're going to have to find 1.5 from somewhere else again. And and when you're doing it in free transfers, that's a tough ask to pull out 1.5 million from somewhere else. So my preference in the early part of the season particularly going into game week one is to build a squad of positions where everything is flexible and you can move around between these price points because at this stage you're not going to get any price until game week starts you're not going to get any price changes so it's easy to move around between those different players depending upon Mm. who starts the season well and 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 who's got the better fixtures that kind of thing well trent trent's such a nice option in defense because you just leave him like you don't you you just don't need to worry about that position all season whereas with yes. all the other positions, you you know, you, you feel like you might, you know, we've been talking about starting with Kane and moving to Haaland or looking at yeah. Diaz potentially over Salah, but Trent, I just think if Trent comes in at eight, that's it. He's in for the yeah, season for, yeah. for everyone. Unless yeah. he gets injured. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Kuliszewski then, uh, well, we've kind of covered him um, already, but he's predicted at eight as well. Uh, live FPL um, and Scout two. I can see myself starting with him beginning of the season. Going Instead of Sun. Yeah, I think I think the Salah Haaland Kulusevski triple is going to be really popular because that that really hits those three kind of things. It does. Yeah, we're kind of focusing on sort of the, the more premium assets at the, at the moment, but then I think we'd probably do another video uh, unless we start getting some prices coming in, looking mm-hmm. at the likes of Perisic at six five or you know maybe some of the cheaper kind of options. But I think for that game week one fixture, the pick of all of the eight million midfielders that we've talked about so far, I think is is Kulusevski. He was phenomenal, wasn't he, when he arrived at Spurs? And you know, he returned in what was it like the first eight games that he started for the club? It was like mm. crazy consistent. But you're going to get that when you play Six alongside million players. He was. Six million yeah, alongside. and you're going to get that when you play alongside Kane and Son, right? Spurs are an attacking team with good attacking players in there. Um, and he came and he complemented that incredibly well. He made that spot his own. Lucas Moore didn't get looking after he arrived, and um, which tells you a lot because he was playing regularly up until that point I think last season obviously he was just a gift because at that price you could double up on the Spurs attack whether you doubled up with Sun or Kane it didn't really matter but you could have Kulisevsky and one of those two and you felt like you were going to return points because Spurs were scoring well now going into the new season I expect Spurs will kind of continue to play the Conte style they'll continue to play with attacking wing backs they'll continue to have Kudasevsky in the right places, doing the right things with assist and goal potential. So if he's going to come in at eight, then that's probably four million under Kane's price and probably three and a bit million, Mm. maybe three, three and a half million under Sun's price. At that point, he's the saving that you could make. I don't see it so much with Salah, with one of the other Liverpool players, because there's so many of them, there could be some rotation, but with Kudasevsky... It's guaranteed game time, pretty much. You're not going to see him rotated around too much. And it, he could be a nice, easy way to go with Spurs, feel like you're covered for that opening game against Southampton, 
all right, it's not Sun, but we saw over the course of the season, had he played the whole season at the rate he did, he'd have been up there with the top scorers for the season last time around. So he's worth definitely worth a look if he's eight. Yeah, agreed. And then the final kind of one around this mark is is Bowen. Uh, Obviously starts with City, so it doesn't get much harder than that. Uh, Rest of the fixtures. uh, Oops. You got the West Ham fixtures? My phone's just... Yep. Died. <laughs> Bone has died. Um, I've got... I've got uh, it's, it's City, then it's Forest, Brighton, Villa and Spurs. So Forest in, in two looks good. But then the rest is tough. I mean, City, Brighton, Villa, Spurs. These are some good defences. I think, I eight, think it, if he comes in at 8 I think it's a good price for him. But I don't know if I'd be starting with him. I think the thing with West Ham, and particularly with Bowen, is that you can afford to wait. Like you can afford to wait and see what happens with him. He's not going to be highly owned going into the season because it start, they start with Manchester City. So most people are going to look at that opening fixture and go, I don't want Bowen. Um, so you're going to be able to afford to watch him and see what he does. Now, he was fantastic last season. I, I don't think he played great when he was playing for England over the last couple of internationals. So probably had a, it was a long season, tiring season, multiple campaigns in terms of European football as well for West Ham. So going into the new season, with the opening fixtures the way that they are, he's going to be a player that I sit on and I just mm. wait and see how West Ham start the season, what the new signings, how they bed in um, and whether they kind of strengthen their team over the course of this preseason or not. So I think for me, again, it goes back to that. He's in that eight million price point. You probably, if you're going with an eight million, are going Kudasevsky. So then we'll... We'll wait on Bowen and maybe he's a transfer in in a few game weeks' time if he's performing really well. Yep, no, I agree. Um, if you are watching this stream and there's 300 people watching, uh, nice early morning one, uh, thanks. Can, uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. There'll be more of these, uh, you know, sort of in, in the coming weeks uh, until the game launches. And then obviously loads of content once the game launches um, as well, team reveals and, and different kind of strategies and, and who to pick and that kind of thing. Uh, make sure you like this video. Um, as well that'd be really helpful uh, the final section I wanted to look at was just some kind of players I picked out from from live FPL uh, which I just thought would be quite quite interesting uh, so these are the live FPL predicted prices um, on the screen so Henderson I put him in goal uh, at 4-5 this is assuming he moves does gets this move to uh, Forest, which mm-hmm. I think would be a, a great move for him and Forest, and probably United as well i you know, it's just one of those moves that looks perfect on, on paper. Uh, for everybody. With, yeah, so with Forrest yeah. goalkeeper leaving, um, I think he, come in. he could be the kind of 4.5 goalkeeper option that we're all hoping for. Uh, mm-hmm. I've also put Martinez in, in goal as well because he should come down to five. Uh, again, he had that insane season two years ago. An okay season last year, but not for 5.5. I think for five, that could be maybe a little bit tempting. Um, but I think if Henderson's 4.5, then he's the one, right? Well, if he's 4-5, then you've probably got a really nice opportunity to go for rotating 4.5. Um, if he gets a move, if he gets priced at 4.5 and moves to Forest, perfect 4.5 rotating option there. Um, because, you know, yes, Forest are going to have some tough matches where maybe you don't want Henderson. But then in seasons past, when he's played regularly, when he was out on loan before, even in those tough games, he would turn points well because he makes lots of saves and, and he's a really nice asset to own. So, yeah, if he's 4.5, which he should be, then he's perfect. Yep. Uh, in defence, I've picked up some more premiums and one uh, little little man. Little man? That sounds really uh, little man. patronising, but he is, I mean, for his price, 4.5. Um, Reese James, 6.5. Chilwell, 6. Let's start with them. 
they're the kind of Chelsea wing backs of choice. I tell you, if if, ja- if James and Chilwell are six five and six, I'm getting both of them. The problem is, the good thing about getting both is you don't have to worry about missing out. No. The problem with Chelsea wing backs is that you often get, I I do anyway, I get the wrong one, and then you've got a problem. The the thing I don't like about, and it's it's always the same, right? I hate hate starting the season with a defensive double up because the clean sheets aren't always there early on. Mm. Like often it takes a while to settle in, and particularly with Chelsea losing Rudiger, I, I just wonder. There's been there's going to be a lot of personnel changes in that Chelsea defence, and even with the likes of Chilwell, he's been out for so long. Will he just? They've got to learn to play together again, almost, haven't they? That Chelsea defence with whoever comes into a place, Rudiger and that kind of thing. So I will probably be tempted to go with one of them, probably the most expensive one. So if they're priced at six point five and six, I'll probably be tempted to go with Reese James, knowing I can move down, and actually getting to a six million isn't that difficult because I'll mm. probably have another six million defender in. So if Chelsea then post Spurs in game week two are keeping regular clean sheets, then at that point I'll probably look to double up, but I'll probably start with just one. Yeah. I mean, my, my kind of counter argument to that is if, if we're looking at the kind of six, 6.5 mids or strikers, you know, we're expecting Tony, for example, to go up to seven, five. He, he's he's yeah, on yeah. his list. Yeah. Would you rather have Reese James at six, five or Tony mm. or Chilwell or Tony? And yep. save that million one point no, five. Looking like people, Mitrovic is going to be really popular. He's going to be the same price as, mm. as Reese James, according to Live FPL. I'm I mean, the one thing James I will say Mitrovic about every day. Well, for sure. But I mean, the one thing I will say about Tony is that you roll the fixture ticket to game week ten and Brentford are top of it because they've got a really nice start to the season actually. So, you know, maybe there's scope for just paying that little bit extra for Tony, and um, you're going to have to pay extra for for the Brentford players this year and you never really know second season syndrome and all of that kind of stuff Mm. that we saw with Leeds but I think there's scope there I'll be in some ways I'd be really surprised to see the Chelsea defenders come in at at that price because it feels like a bit of a bargain to own them when you compare them to what else is around but equally they've had lots of injuries last season they haven't exactly consistently returned and so therefore it's the right price probably Yep, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they can push him up to seven seven five no. on off the back of that. But I think I think there's that we're going to see a lot of back fours and back fives yeah. this this year more more than we've seen previously because we've got Cancelo there as well at seven who we, who we haven't mentioned. Yeah, who you're going to want to own? Predicted at seven, it's going to be really hard to to not go for him with with City sort of second or third on on the fixture ticker. Could, yep. You know, you could go for a Laporte or a, or a Diaz maybe, but you're going to be watching those games terrified. I, I can I can see myself starting with Trent James, Cancelo, and, and Chilwell. It could be a big at the back start, yeah. isn't it? With yeah. with Salah and Haaland. And then the midfield, you have Kudaseski and then you go for some cheaper options yeah, in the midfield. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's going to be the kind of template that we see. Uh, uh, some other players, so midfield, uh, Rafinha 7-5. Be interesting to know what happens with him. Does he stay at the Where Lewis? is he going to be? Where does he, where does he go? <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't know. I don't know where he goes. I mean, Chelsea are, are looking like they're going to hit. They're going to get Sterling, which is really interesting. We'll do a whole video on that, I think, if, if that transfer goes through. Mm. I don't think I don't think he'll like go to Arsenal. Liverpool don't really need him. He's been linked with Arsenal and Spurs, hasn't he? Yeah. And then obviously the move that he really wants, which is to Barcelona. Um, I just don't see that one happening now. So I guess his question is: Does he want to stay at Leeds, or does he want to go and play somewhere like Spurs, but probably get a little bit more rotation there because you know that Conte's going to want to strengthen those positions 
around the Champions League football. God, that feels nice. Talk about Champions League football again. <laughs> uh, but around those other competitions, we haven't had to do that under Conte yet because obviously we went out of the Conference League early. So, you know, maybe there's scope, but I don't really... I don't really think we need him. I don't really think Arsenal need him. There's other players in other positions that I think those two clubs could strengthen. That's not Rafinha. So, I see. I think there's a there's a possibility that we go into next season with Rafinha still at Leeds. You're not paying seven five for Rafinha at Leeds. No, you're not. Can't so, see it. if he stays at Leeds, I mean, the only positive here could be if if he stay if he's still at Leeds when the game drops, maybe he's not seven point five. Maybe mm. actually he's more like six point five seven um and then if he does then move to another premier league club he probably becomes that nice yes yeah, budget point. option that you go with it depends on when they when the game launches and where Rafina is because at 7.5 you're not touching him with a barge pole if he's a Leeds player i don't yeah think. He's, he's one of these players you're completely right that's a difficult player to price because you yeah. could underprice him and he goes to chelsea and becomes a starter for them and yeah. then you've got a chelsea starter for six five yeah. Or you price him at seven five, and he stays at Leeds, and then no one's going near him. Because no one buys him. Leads. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Uh, De Bruyne at twelve seems pretty likely. I'd say yeah. that put him the same price as Haaland. Haaland, yeah. I think, and that makes sense. And if you think about how FPL have done it in previous years, they do like to price these star players in a similar bracket to each other, so that you had to make the choice between Salah and Mane at the start of last season. You know, you have to. They, they like you to make those difficult choices. And so would it surprise me to see Haaland and, and KDB priced around the same point? No. And KDB probably should go up in price given how good he was at points last season around injury, of course. But So, yeah, he's probably going to be 12, but I'm probably going to want to own him. And finding the budget to have him and Son and Salah and yeah. Haaland. So you probably then... I don't know, might be tempted to just go with one of them and maybe look at one of the mid-price City players, maybe Foden instead. Because um, owning Harlan, KDB and Cancelo will take up a lot of budget. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of people going... I mean, your reasons for going for Harlan need to be you think he's going to smash at the start of the season. I think if there could be people with doubts about his ability, like in a new league and new system and all this kind yeah. of stuff, who go for De Bruyne for the kind of safety. Because you know what you're getting mm-hmm. with, with yeah, him. Yeah, you do, yeah. And then yeah. you wait and see it for a few weeks. Pieces. Exactly. And then you think, OK, Harlan's scoring. Because, I mean, if Harlan gets big points, you wouldn't expect De Bruyne to be blanking. No, well, that's the thing, isn't it? If Haaland's scoring goals, I would put money on it being KDB that's assisting them, mm. at least some of the time. God, it's going um, to be, he's, he's gonna gonna be, be on free, free kicks. Season, it, it's going to be one of those seasons, I think, where we all spend a lot of time going, oh, I've got the wrong asset in a lot of these games for, for Man City, for Liverpool, for Spurs, for probably Chelsea and, and Arsenal as well, depending upon who signs for those guys. But it, you could easily have a, a season where you always look like you're on the wrong one. And particularly if you like to upside chase like Late Rider does, you could easily be on the wrong ones in the wrong weeks. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it might be a patience season where you just kind of go, all right, well, Harlan outscored KDB this week, but next week it might be the other way around and just yep. stay loyal during the nice fixture runs. Yep. Uh, I think we need, to, we need to get a move on because apparently it sounds like there's someone hoovering. I think that's my laptop. Uh, overheating Taking off. over a little bit yeah probably uh, just a couple I want to mention here so there's three Liverpool players I've, I've stuck on here Jota at 9 uh, Nunes who we haven't really talked about at 9-5 and then Robertson at 7-5 this is going to be I mean Jota 
I think if they hadn't signed Nunes would have been perfect. But I do surely the the front three is going to be Nunes, Diaz, and and Salah and and, and Jota sort of I think so. playing playing kind With of Jota and Firmino playing in and around yeah. Champions League giving extra minutes here. And but there. it means rotation, right? It means rotation for Nunes, yeah. it's probably especially early on as he kind of beds in. It means rotation for Diaz. We see him coming off at sixty minutes all the time. I don't know. It kind of the, again we've got these kind of because Mane and Mane and Salah were so nailed on every week. But I do yeah. think now, other than Salah, it's going to be a bit of a minefield. Um, yeah. Probably probably for about half a season, I think, until Klopp settles on on what he wants. Yeah, even then, Klopp is he does rotate around with those big players up top um, in that third spot anyway. So he probably will continue to do that, and we'll have to deal with Pep and his roulette. We've got Tuchel, who's always changing stuff, and and Klopp. With that many good forward players, you're going to have rotation from him as well. It's inevitable, isn't it, really? Apart yeah. from with Salah. So if you pay the premium project to own Salah, you'll be safe. With everyone else, there's a risk. Yep. Uh, and I've got Mount here at 8-5. Probably the Chelsea option of, of choice. Lukaku's going back to Inter. What a disaster uh, that's been. <laughs> a disaster. I, I mean, we might see Havertz. Yeah, we might see Havertz emerge again if he comes in at 7-5-8. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, I mean, Sterling is going to be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, if he comes in at eight, five, nine, or something like that, and he's playing for Chelsea, then I think he, he could he could be a real difference maker. But Mount at eight, five, I think is the one that most people are going to are going to be going for. But it's a lot of you know he's that Mount entering into that premium tag now without without penalties. Uh, you know, playing for a Chelsea side who, like you mentioned, have lost Rudiger, a bit inconsistent. Mm. And you've got those fullbacks at six five and six. I think we're not going to see too much investment in Mount. No, I don't either. Uh, which is a bit of a shame, really, because he can be a fantastic FPL asset. But I think he's going to hit that price point that, like you say, there's a lot of players in that price point, and you're probably going to prefer to go with one of them over him. So he'd probably get ignored, particularly if Sterling ends up there. Mm. Yep. And then the final two players, uh, just to mention here, are some cheaper ones. So I've got Fafana. Uh, for Leicester, love FPL predicting him at four five. I think he could be a, a bit of a gem. Leicester without Europe, for example. But you know, obviously with talk all these premium options, you've got a, some. You've got to find some fours yeah. and four point fives and things. Uh, I think if Fafana does come in at four five, I think he could be the the steal yeah, uh, in, in that bracket. Um, you know, a bit of a bit of a Ben White or something that everyone sort of seems to go to last season. Um, and Neto as well. I pick Neto in midfield uh, at six million, likely to be playing up front uh, for Wolves. Mm-hmm. Wolves awful, awful towards the end of the season. Absolutely terrible. But I do really rate Neto and obviously he came back from that big injury, he's gonna have a full pre season. And again we're gonna need we're gonna need cheaper players because there's so many premium options likely. So I think yeah. Neto leads away in the first game as well, playing up front. Could be something to look at. Yeah. I mean it seems a bit a bit random, but you're gonna have to have players <laughs> in that six million bracket, don't you? And so you wanna be looking at the ones that are likely to be in the right places to score goals and he's as you say likely to be playing up top so he's going to be in the right place to get you attacking returns he's also probably with the squad that the way it is that you've built here likely to be on your bench a lot of the time so owning somebody like him that can come off the bench and return good points is is probably a a good one agreed yeah uh, let me know if you've enjoyed this video. If you have enjoyed it, I reckon tomorrow uh, we could put together another one with some some of these kind of cheaper options, your Netos and your Bruno Gamerishes and all of those, because uh, we've, we've mostly focused on the... On the you on just the... want to talk about Bruno. I can you believe I haven't put him in, in this? No, I, 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 I can't. A, I know. When you sent me this, I was like, 
That's brilliant. I thought I'd put in Deto. It'd be different. Uh, it just encourages people to watch these. <laughs> Tomorrow the it'll time. be Bruno, won't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you enjoyed it, leave drop us a comment. Let us know uh, if you agree with these prices. Uh, if you you know if you've put together any teams on these drafts, make sure you check out Love FPL as well, where you can put together your your own draft. Uh, get that fixed before the the game launches at some point in the next few weeks. We don't know when it's going to be. Uh, but hopefully, it'll be soon. Um, but Sam, thanks for joining. It's good to be back. We'll do some more of these videos uh, going forward. And yeah, just looking forward to the game uh, launching. Yeah, come on, the game. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you back. Thank you so much. And I'll <laughs> speak to you soon.